again. Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Good morning, Allie, and uh, I don't know if I should say this, but uh, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, uh, I appreciate that so much, and uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. I had a birthday party last year that got canceled on me that you know about, but the person who I know. ended up uh, getting sick, so she just decided to cancel the entire party. I never heard another thing about it, so um, it rolled around, and a year later, we're here again, and uh, yeah, I'm getting I'm up to like, you know, 500 uh, people with comments and happy birthdays on Facebook, which makes Facebook awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, just a lot of people that students, I was telling you before, you know, students that I haven't heard from in years, but they always remember my birthday. They always contact me on Father's Day. You know, things like that really mean a lot to me. And these were the people that I was the hardest on. But, but you said it, you know, I played a really big part in their life at that time. Yeah, you know, you were personally involved with teaching all the classes, and uh, they were the ones that you were uh, more in, invested in uh, at that time. Um, and, and not to mention that you were the hardest on them. I, 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 I get that, too, maybe not to the same degree, but uh, the, the, my older students, they seem to appreciate me more than the, the newer ones. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I, I think that, and it's interesting. We had some, we were away, obviously, you and I. We were in Atlantic City at the Action Martial Art Hall of Fame banquet, dinner, business expo. We had tons of people come to the business seminars. For we had one lady fly from Seattle, Washington, just to come to the business seminar. She didn't even go to the Action um, Hall of Fame. She stayed in her hotel, came to our seminars, went back to her hotel room, came back the next day. All she was there for was just to be with us, which was really cool. And we had a good group of people that really gobbled up and it went quick we we did probably what like nine sessions for the first day another five the next day it was pretty amazing yeah it was a lot of fun and then we got snowed in too so that was nice <laughs> yeah what they call it snowageddon or something that was named what was going on that we were snowed in you missed your flight then we then we got stuck in the airport just driving in it took us like two and a half hours to get from the entrance of the airport to your gate it was a nightmare <laughs> Right. Well, that and, uh, well, yeah, part of it was the uh, the vehicle that caught on fire that was just sitting there and they were towing away when we finally got up. So Yeah, was, exactly, exactly. And, you know, it was Crazy. funny my wife was seeing all the reports on LaGuardia Airport. And then when I actually, the next day I came, or, you know, I, I flew home that night and the next morning I, I, I woke up and, and uh, on, on uh, one of the local radio st- or local TV stations, they had a thing about LaGuardia, how it was taken, you know, hours to uh, – uh, to actually just get into the airport, uh, yeah. for, you know, if you were in a taxi or whatever. So it was just kind of funny. It was like, yep, I was there. Yeah, exactly. But you know what's funny? They blame that on the storm, but it's no better on a normal day. I mean, it's a little bit better, but not really that much better. That airport is a nightmare. You know, it really is. It's terrible. And, and you know, like potholes and, you know, the whole nine yards. It's just like the – it's literally falling apart. I'm f- afraid of planes flying in and out of there. Donald Trump was talking about how his plane landed there, and there was huge potholes they had to avoid, They're like the size of a tire of a plane. So it's just crazy. But uh, anyway well, – it's, we it's all – it's all set up wrong, right? I mean, it was just the way that it's all laid out and everything. And it, it, and it kind of, you know, parlays into what we're going to talk about today is, you know, with the pricing in your school and, um, you know, the challenges that we have with, with uh, our school. And if we do it wrong, if we set it up wrong, we're going to have a mess just like uh, that airport. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what, that's where I, and you know, I remember this, we've spoken about it numerous times on our call, 
Um, and, you know, we talk about business rules. In fact, I remember one time you interviewing me, and I talked about this, I'm sure, as well, when, when we chatted about it in the past, how you interviewed me for some podcast that you had done years before we started working together. And it was all about um, establishing rules for your business. And people look at that and they go, okay, well, does that mean, Ali, is he talking about like, you know, okay, people need to bow here, they have to call me this title, they have to pay by this amount of time, they have to wear this uniform. And while those are all great rules for the martial arts side, you know, the protocol or the rules of protocol, we need to have rules for our business, right? And then, but then, then we talk about systems, you know, and is a system a rule? Well, yes, it could be. And uh, you and I, and I implemented, and I, I didn't get much good, I, good response from my, my, my teachers that teach for me, my black belts, and I didn't get great response when I told the parents that I'm going to implement your uh, penalty uh, for when people don't show up with their shirt or they don't show up with their uniform and they're going to have to write an essay. Um, you know, my, my black belts... <laughs> My black belts are like, oh, great. I'm really looking forward to dealing with the parents on this one. And I said, but you know what? We have to create a culture where people understand rules and they'll learn to appreciate it because after all, that's what they want from us. They want results. They want discipline. They want focus. So we need to show them that there are some, you know, there are some things they have to do in order to live up to that within our school and get those results. And, and I love your idea. Can you talk about that real quickly, about what you do, like why, you know, and what people, if they don't do what they're supposed to, what happens? I thought that was amazing. We'll move into business rules. Yeah, certainly. Well, basically what we had talked about was, um, you know, if somebody doesn't bring their belt to class, they forget it, or they, you know, their their karate uniform or their sparring gear on sparring nights or their weapons for the leadership time, uh, basically what happens is they have to write a uh, an essay. On the first essay, they always have to – well, let me back up. If the first time they do any of it, they get a pass. They get a free right. – they just are right. warned. Um, so, you, you know, if they – the first time they've ever forgotten their belt, we're like, hey, is that the first time you – yeah, it's the first time. Okay. Uh, then, listen, here from here on out, you're going to have to write reports if you forget things. So the first report they always have to write is um, – their responsibility to bring their items to class. And so they have to write a report on responsibility. It can be a half-page report. Uh, sometimes we get kids that are, you know, going and they'll, they'll write a full page, but mostly it's a half-page report. And then we start dishing out just other reports after that. So it could be anywhere from, you know, hey, write, the, write, the, write a report on the American flag, the history of it, or your favorite superhero, or, you know, whatever. But they still have to take some sort of action and write the report. And I was sharing with you the um, – the, the young little man, man who, uh, after our Christmas and, and, and um, New Year's break, came back because he had lost his belt. Well, we throw everything away, any, any clothing we donate, and we throw everything else away at, at the end of the year um, that's in our lost and found. Well, he came back and he says, sir, um, I, 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 I lost my red belt, and I, I believe I left it here, and he's probably eight years old. And I said, well, I said, it's not here anymore. I said, uh, you know, it's uh, $8.50, I think is what it is, for a belt. And uh, so how are you going to pay for that? And he turns and he kind of looks behind him and looking for dad. And he goes, well, I can go ask my dad. I said, no, 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 no. I said, that's your belt. Um, dad shouldn't have to pay because you lost your belt. And he said to me, he says, well, I, I, I've got a, 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 maybe I can ask for some chores at home. And I said, okay. I said, that's fine. I said, um, but I said, better yet. 
So why don't we do this? I, I have some work that needs to be done here, and I will pay you what I normally pay minimum wage. Uh, so it's seven twenty-five under eighteen is seven twenty-five an hour. I said so I will pay you seven twenty-five seven dollars and twenty-five cents uh, every hour. It's going to take you about an hour and twenty minutes to earn the eight dollars and fifty cents. And he's like, all right, yes sir. What do you need? And I said, well, I, I've got some baseboards that need to be washed, and so. He took the next 45 minutes and washed the baseboards, but then his class, because he was there early because his sister was training before him, so he had about 45 minutes to spare. So he did that, and I clocked him about 45 minutes a time, and and, uh, and then uh, he went into class. Well, my head instructor, <clears throat> you know, Master Bean, said, well, uh, where's your belt, sir? And he says, well, I, I, I lost it. And he said, well, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to write a report. Here's what your report's going to be on. So that was on a Monday, you know, when we first opened. And then so he wrote the report. He had to bring it back in on Wednesday. Well, Wednesday he came up to me and said, sir, sir, do you have any more work for me to do? And I said, I, I said, I'm sorry, sir. I said, I don't. I said, you know, get with me on your next class, maybe next Monday. Well, then he had to go back into that class, not have his belt, turn the report in, got another, um, you know, report because he didn't have his gear. And so then he wrote that report, came back next Monday. I had some work for him. He earned the rest of the money for the belt. I gave him the belt. He turned in that report. Um, and, you know, mom and dad were totally on board. And, of course, when I was setting this up, I just went to dad and said, look, I could have him go home and work for you or he can work here. What, what would you prefer? And I said, you know, obviously if he works for you, you're going to give me money. You're going to, you know, you're going to give him, he's going to earn the 850 from you and you're going to give me the 850. Um, or I can have him work here and earn it. And he's like, oh, no, let him do it here. And I said, okay. So, you know, dad was totally on board with that. And so what we do is, you know, basically if they forget something, they're responsible for it. And I've even had parents say, you know, it was my fault. I forgot it. And I said, oh, okay. So what you're saying is you would like to write the report? And yeah. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, by the way, though, I, I actually mentioned that to the parents. And I said to them, I said, you know what? And, and the consequences are not just the child's. I said, if you are going to tell us, it's not his fault, it was in the wash. I said, that doesn't teach the child that responsibility is, you know, or teach the child responsibility. So I said, I want them to know that they have to take care of their uniform, take care of their clothing, have it ready. So if your excuse is it's in the wash, then you're gonna be responsible for the report. If you choose to give it to your child, that's fine as well. However, we have to be on the same team. And I think people sometimes think that it's a, uh, um, you know, a, uh, a competition or it's them against us and it's team family versus team dojo. And I said, no, you, we are on the same team. That's what we do. You know, we're here to work to help you with the results that you asked us for in the very beginning. Um, so it's important for you to remember that. So they're like, yeah, we get it. And, you know, it's not, we're not hot. One mom, poor mom, though, I know she's like, should I just photocopy the reports and just hand them to you ahead of time or have them write 10 or of them ahead of time because she runs from one dojo to the next and she's back and forth and she's always here and there and I give her a, you know um, a credit for doing it she's got three kids in my program two of them go to my east isop school one of them goes to my west isop school I'm like I don't know what to say you may have to because we're trying to teach responsibility here so I you know I it's a hard one but I like I love the idea of having those rules um, you know, within the dojo, and I love it. So uh, my parents might, I might tell them it was you so that they end up hating <laughs> you. 
and not fine. me. Well, but I always yeah. refer back to, you know, I tell them the story that I had told your staff uh, with regards to um, the book, The West Point Way of Leadership. And yeah. the gentleman who obviously went to that school, and then you have to line up at a certain time in the morning, and your shoes have got to be shined, and, and he's standing in line, you know, getting ready for the uh, the lineup, and, and, you know, his bunk mate or whatever comes running by, and and, and, and his his bunk mate. Who was late. Who was late. So yeah, he was rushing. Yeah. Line. He was rushing, and, and, and yeah, and he, his heel went over, you know, uh, the other guy's heel went over the, the, the guy's boot, and now they're standing in line, and, and, you know, he scuffed his boot. Well, when the sergeant came over and noticed that his boot is scuffed, what is he going to say? Well, sir, it wasn't my fault. Uh, right. It was Johnny who, you know, <laughs> who ran across my boot. You, and, and he's right. It wasn't his fault, but it, yet it's still his responsibility. And that's what I'll tell parents. You know, I say I understand it's not your kid's fault, but it's still their responsibility. And they have yeah. to learn that not everything, just because, you know, uh, and I'll say, you know, if Mr. Bean, you know, my head instructor, if Mr. Bean does something, and it may not be my fault, but since I own the business, it's ultimately my responsibility. And your child um, you know, yeah, maybe it, 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 they didn't put it in the washer. You did, and it's still wet. That's not their fault, but ultimately it's their responsibility to make sure that it's completed when it's supposed to be completed. And, um, and most parents are, are, are good about that. So, yeah, you know what? Send them my way if you want. <laughs> yeah, and you know what's funny, Dwayne? I actually thought that, you know, New Yorkers and, you know, my students were an anomaly where, you know, they would show up. And, you know, the kids know because they're they're kind of high. I could tell when they don't have – because we have a uniform – um, a gi, and then they have to wear a dojo, a specific brand shirt underneath the sh- a uniform, and then under that they have to wear a um, uh, shorts, black shorts. So uh, of course we don't check for the shorts, but my teacher in in the city, Sean Felix Vasquez, used to check. He'd say everybody dropped their pants, and then there was always that crazy nut who was nothing under there, commando, not even underwear, and he would happily. <laughs> Pants, and then of course my teacher would freak out and kick him out of the school. But there was always one or two wacky people. Um, but uh, he'd make us, you know, drop your pants. He would also test for wearing your groin protector, and he'd say, "Okay, everyone in a horse pants." He'd walk by with a stick and just like whip you, and you knew like you were gonna suck it up and pretend like you had one on, or uh, you were gonna get kicked out. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, anyway, I think the consequence thing is super important, especially when dealing with a traditional martial arts school. And you know what? We, you know, we're different because we're a little bit less, most martial arts schools are a little bit less uh, stringent. I mean, a school, if you don't do your homework, you don't get the grade. If you, if you, uh, you know, you don't, you know, do the test, you fail, you know. So there's no, you, you get a chance to make it up maybe, but at the same time, they're not playing games with you really. Right, right, right. Well, I don't know. I at school nowadays, like even in our town here, even the high school, you can reassess. So you can take it, and if you don't do good, if you get a C and you want to get a B, you can you can reassess. You can do it over, which I think is like absolutely nuts. But uh, <laughs> you know, but but I that I almost agree with that because it teaches people that you know, hey, listen, you screwed up the first time. Maybe uh, maybe if you put your head to it and you study and you do it the next time better, you're going to get better grades. So, like, you might make a mistake in your job, but, you know, if you go back and you buckle down and learn it, you could do it better the next time. So I almost kind of like that they have to double down and do it. But I get it. It's like we almost – there are no consequences. So people in their head, they could say, well, if it's only a warning the first time, let me just take the warning. And, and they're not going to really follow up. Like, I've threatened to fire employees – 
And then they saw that I didn't, and I gave them another pass and another pass and another pass. And I once had an employee that said, the reason why I never quit is because you never fired me. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, really? And that's what he said. And I realized that I was a total pushover with that one employee, giving him, the, you know, giving him chance after chance after chance. Yeah, so, and, so and that sets up that sets up all the other employees for the wrong. Oh, idea. absolutely. Yeah, and and it doesn't allow them to to shine because I'm letting this. Um, I, I don't want to say you know uh, deadbeat or you know or uh, inferior employee to get away with murder. So the other employees it lowers their level of uh, of quality because they're like, well, why should I do it if he's going to get away with it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? So, so let's jump into, like I talk about rules for a business, and I think that every business should have rules, but let's mainly talk about price objection. Because I hear fledgling schools and even schools that are established that are having problems where I, I look at them as a coach and you look at them as a coach and they say, hey, well, we say, hey, how, do you, how many students do you have? And everyone's got, you know, X amount of students. And, you know, they don't realize that there, you know, there are no rules for claiming them to be active students, active paying students, active training students or what. So we say, um, how do we get away with that? You know, what is it that, you know, or not get away with, but how do we clarify it? So we have to have a rule. If a student hasn't trained in X amount of months, they're an active paying student because maybe they're still in contract and they're still paying, but they're not an active training student. So we should look at it and say, well, eventually they're going to quit, right? Because they're not active. Eventually when their membership expires, they're gone. So we have to have rules for, for everything that we go over, you know, a, a clarification of that for everything. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, okay. But what you're talking about is boring, and, I, yeah. and I'm playing devil's advocate here. So tell me why it's important to have these rules. Don't well, just tell well, me. Well, you're, you're right, though, to some extent. And I know, I know you're playing devil's advocate, but it, it is kind of boring to some extent to to think about this. But it, when I look at it and I coach people and I say, you know, the, those numbers are are boring until you start to see them working for you. Like when you have rules in place for your business, and let's just say statistics, and this is very important, how many active training students, you would be shocked, well you wouldn't be, but the listeners would be shocked at how many schools you and I coach that don't know their actual numbers. They don't know how many people are actively training, how many people are actively paying, how many people are on hold, how many people get special deals, um, how many people have quit over the years? And you say, you know, I, we heard it in our seminars. Well, we have amazing retention, right? One, that, uh, one of the women said, we have amazing retention. Well, how many students do you sign up a month? About five. Well, how many uh, do you lose? Well, maybe like one or two. Okay, good. So two means 24 quits at the end of the year. Five means 60 new signups at the beginning of the year. If you actually had really good retention, your school would not be stagnant. It would be growing, and it wouldn't be growing by leaps and bounds, but it would be growing pretty healthily. You know, like uh, people saw um, one of the guys just recently who does my tournaments, uh, who you know um, and spent some time with this past weekend, he said, wow, your last tournament had 40% growth from last year. And I'm like, well, I was looking at it in the amount of counts of people. Like we, we only had 370 competitors, you know, and I'm like, wow, I wanted to have 600 competitors because I always want tons but he said, compared to the year prior, you did really great. And it was the first year of running that tournament, that particular tournament at that time of year last year. So I was like, wow, statistically, the numbers looked really good. Of course, I wanted more. But how, you know, that's when it starts to become exciting, right? You know, when you look at those numbers and you're going like, wow, I grew by 20%. I 
grossed 15 or 20 percent more income this year when a lot of schools have been going out of business. Yeah. So that's what makes it exciting, right? So, so what do you think about that? What do you have to say? No, I, I agree. I just, you know, I want the listeners to not tune out just because uh, we're talking about having rules. And, and uh, I, I guess where I'm coming from is here's, here's uh, it's important to know the difference between a active paying member and, you know, um, you know, someone who is, is a, a member and they're not paying and, and those type of things. Because when you start to define those categories and you start to define the rules uh, for those categories, and then from that, you can actually start to uh, define and create systems that will follow up and uh, move those individuals out of that box. It's kind of like maybe this is a little bit different way or an easier way to, 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 to say it. You have your, you know, your, the whole ABC thing that we learned years ago, that you have your A students, your B students, and your C students. And right. you, you, you always should be trying to take your C students and move them to your B and your B to the A, but you don't leave the A stagnant. The A, you need to be continually nurturing so that they stay in A. Um, now, that's never going to, you're never not going to have a C student. You will always have a C student. And, and you will never not have a B student because you'll always have B students. And then the same thing with A's. But if you don't clearly define the rules to be able to place those individuals in those certain categories, then you have no idea, number one, who and how many are in there, and number two, what you will do in order to move them from those categories uh, on up. Again, you're not going to move everybody. It's just not, it's not uh, realistic to even think that. But yeah. you are, you, without having um, those rules and then systems in place, you won't move anybody usually. Or you might yeah. move some people accidentally. But what we're talking about is running your business strategically so that it runs on systems rather than it being a personality-driven business. And, and that's so much the struggle that I think that we have as martial arts school owners is, you know, we are the personality of the business. And we should maintain the personality of the business to a certain degree, but we should be implementing uh, rules and then therefore systems to run those rules in order right. so that it doesn't have to be our personality. Because I know you're like me. We can step out on the floor. We can work with a student for, you know, four, eight classes, four to eight, 12 classes, whatever. And we start to know those individuals and kind of know how they tick and know what motivates them. And when we're on the floor, we don't have to really think about, um, you know, what we're going to do because we, we subconsciously know just because of, of how maybe, maybe, maybe the type of person we are, the things that we went through in our lives, um, but, you know, and even the hours that we've taught on the floor, um, although I, I would say mainly it's probably the latter you know, or the former. It's, it's because of who we are and, and our upbringing and things that have designed us the way that we are. Um, right. And, yeah, you know, a little bit because of the hours that we taught. But the, we're raising other teachers in our schools that may or may not be able to do that. Uh, may or may right. not be able to see those things. And, yeah. yes, you can teach the concept. You know, I mean, and, of course, we share that with our, with our coaching clients and how to teach those concepts to, uh, to their own staffs as well. But there's something to be said with being able to do it strategically, mechanically, through systems, um, right. if that makes sense. And that's totally. Why, that's by the way, having, um, those rules are so uh, – and the, and, the, and the stats are just so exciting because then you can make your business move the way you want it. I'm sorry. 
No, 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 no. That, that you're right, and and I was kind of going to say that as well. Where you know, uh, you know, what makes them exciting is because those rules dictate um, how you're going to run your business. Because quite often schools may be caught in the ebb and flow, and I see this all the time where I have fledgling schools starting out where they're they're afraid to say no to uh, that person who goes, well, you know, I know you're charging one fifty a month, but I'm willing. You know, I used to have this in my landscape construction business. You know, I'd give them an estimate on sod or whatever the case may be or doing a deck or a landscape, a Japanese garden. They go, well, I understand that you want to, you know, you want 10000 for it, but I'm willing to pay $1,100. And I was like, that, that's just not even possible. I can't even buy the materials for that. But then they think that they're going to dictate. So some people will come into you and say, and, and by the way, there are many different ways to show them the strategy of the sale. We could teach this too on a call, but meaning where people will say, well, I don't want to pay that money. So right away, we're thinking from a, a mindset, a mentality of scarcity, because we say to ourselves, well, I don't want to let that $100 student walk out the door. It took me so much money and time, and now I'm finally getting them through the door. I'm going to keep them, so I'm going to give them a special. And I'm going to give them a deal because I don't want to lose them. And here's the reason why those are, ba those are bad decisions and why those are, you have to have rules in place. Because, number one, giving Mrs. Smith a deal because she's trying to bargain with you. And then Mrs. Jones, who isn't trying to bargain with you, not a deal. It's just not fair to Mrs. Jones that she gets to pay 140 a month. And Mrs. Smith, who's a little bit more of a negotiator, um, she gets to pay $100 a month. So you have to have rules that say, this is what I'm of my, my school, my lessons are valued at. This is what my worth is in this program. For anyone to step on the mat, they're going to pay this fee. And by the way, if you change your mindset from the mindset of it being a class-by-class tuition-based program, meaning that 130 a month, you're allowed to do 12 classes. People could easily, easily divide 130 by 12 and come up with a price. If you tell them, we don't charge per class, we charge you for a membership. It, like going to a golf club or going to a gym, you pay a membership. If you go 20 times, you, you go. If you go one time, you're still paying the monthly membership fee. So if someone says to you, well, I can't, I'm only going to come once a week, that's four classes a month, that would be, what, $30 a class or $35 a class? Well, yes, Mrs. Jones, if that's all you're going to come, that's about what you'll be paying. But our private lessons or our group privates, are only, they're $55 a class. So you're saving in regards to that. So we, we should shift that mindset. But however, we need rules to say, you know what, I'm not going to allow someone to dictate what I'm valued at. That's, that's my main rule. And, and you and I see this when we're looking at people's numbers. They have 100 students. They're charging $100. They should be making 10000 However, their tuition coming in and billing and all that other stuff is only four. And you go, how is that possible? Not even Common Core Math works out to that number. <laughs> so, so um, you know, when you look at it, you go, okay, so how does that make sense? And they go, well, I don't know. And then when I make them do a student inventory where they have to write down every student and what they pay, what belt rank they're at. If it's a family of four, instead of it being $100 a month, if they're only charging three, I don't want them to write, you know, Joe Smith at the top and then and, you know, 250 by one name and the other one's at zero. I want them to actually divide it out based on the amount of students so they get to see what each student is actually paying. Right? So, you know, let's say they charge, uh, I don't know, $200 for three students because it's a family giveaway kind of thing. They might only be making, you know, $68 per student when their real tuition is 130 Right. So, 
it's important for us to know that. So again, it goes back to rules and in the system to say, this is how I'm going to view this. This is how I'm going to do it. And this is how I'm, and there's not going to be any flexibility in it. Same thing goes with the well, return on gear and stuff like that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, yeah, I was going to say, uh, I know we're, we're, we're running close on time. So what, what would you think about, uh, we, we pick this conversation up and, and, and do a part two to this call where we kind of get a little bit more in depth with that. I love it. I, I think that people who are listening, um, they're probably getting a good value out of it. Whether they know it or not, I think it's pretty, you know, pretty valuable. So let's definitely do that because the topic is, you know, it's all, like you and I say, it's about strategic thinking versus, you know, uh, being, being caught up in the day-to-day and just going with the flow. It's knowing how to build your business strategically. And after all, that's what we teach in our soon-to-be-released program and so many things that we have going on when we do coaching. So absolutely, I love it. All right, what we'll do is we'll pick up this conversation in the next, uh, you know, part two, basically. And, uh, hey, just want to remind you that you can share, um, you know, this call with, um, you know, your other martial arts friends. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you have an Android device, you can subscribe as well. Just go to schoolandertalk.com. Allie, uh, again, happy birthday, and thanks for being on the call thanks. with me today. Yeah, thanks. No problem. My pleasure. And, uh, and uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Hope to hear from you soon.